BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm ready. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I always like doing these. It's, uh, awesome. it's always fun. Perfect. I'm excited too. This is awesome. Okay. We'll wait five seconds and then I'll intro us in. Oh, uh, yeah. do you want to be introduced as your Discord name or as your... Um, uh, a Discord name for now. Okay. Yeah. Friend of Fraser. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, will you get copy strike for that if you say Brendan <laughs> Fraser? Your Hammer Legal team say, is on just say, They're fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cool, cool. Whatever you feel comfortable, Brendan or Brendan Fraser, whatever's comfortable for you. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40K podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm your host, Mark. And joining me today, we got Brendan Fraser. How's it going? Hey, hey how's it going? I'm um, going pretty well. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, and this is not the real Brendan Fraser. This is just Discord Brendan Fraser, but I'm it's not. fine. I'm sorry. I'm. I know I've disappointed all your listeners and everything. I'm not the real friend. <laughs> wow! What a cool crossover episode. <laughs> I could. I could get my soundboard and start sounding like Brendan Fraser for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I kind of want that. No. Um, <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time we will plan for it. <laughs> well, very cool. We uh, welcome to the show. This is a 40k short story that we're going to be reading to you. It's called court of the martyr sword and it is written by severin so you know we're just going to dive into it it looks like it's uh, sisters of battle so yeah it, it seems so far it seems awesome from just like the first little snippet the name itself it seems yeah. really really cool so far i'm excited yeah all right here we go history the beginning the order of our martyred lady has its di- diocese in the galactic north where, eventually, another war of faith has launched, which was joined by a smaller imperial crusade. They formed the so-called Thrasia March. A large portion of space has been surprising rise of some sort of revolution against the Imperium and its creed. The war was soon victorious through the heroic efforts of the Adeptus Sororitas and their allies, eradicating the uprising and restoring the faith in the worlds. It was here that the Order faced a difficult decision. Called upon by another great front of the Imperium, the leadership of the Ecclesiarchy decided that they should join other forces there. Of course, the Order Command heeded this call, but just before they left the sector, the specialists of the Inquisition, who were on board, decrypted a large portion of the strange messages found on the many of the rebellious planets. It spoke of a large organization located in a nearby sector, a vast number of worlds, which called itself the Hostrakismos, or short, the host. It was where the planets got their rebellious ideas from, an area which was declared as unreachable due to the enormous warp storms, which had apparently receded recently. It was also where large quantities of sisters and other Imperial forces were cut off from the rest of the galaxy decades ago. 
It was the final decision of the command to send a holy expedition there. A small portion of the fleet, the first of the volunteer was the, the fifth commandery, led by the outstanding canonist commander Zenobia, shortly followed by the second commandery, both of the seventh preceptory and some confederates. A mighty army of hundreds of sisters and even more our allied forces said their farewell to the rest of the Theresia march. They would enter the Noldran sector, the host territory, and not rest until the last world that was challenged or that challenged the emperor's will was brought to justice. Little did they know at the point that most of the men and women who set out to enter this area of space would not return. Dun, Damn. Dun, dun. yeah so that's that, just kind of cool yeah that's, a, that's just a prelude that's just like the the prologue to everything you know yeah that's yeah, awesome so making far. me uh want to know a lot more there's a couple cool things yeah there. right yeah um, yeah absolutely i really i also really do appreciate um when they when um they said that hostra kismos or sh shortly the host it's yeah. gonna make it a lot easier to just say the host, but <laughs> yeah. it's still really, it's still a really cool name. Just I can imagine myself just stumbling. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he just uh, flopped his hand on the keyboards to make that name, but that's whatever. It's it's still a cool name. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Years one to six. Broken hope. Sometimes I do not understand how it came to this. This force was the pride of the segmentum each sister full of light and strength, and even my battered troopers entered this forsaken place with courage. Hope united us. Hope to bring this place justified peace and place it back in the Imperium's embrace. I fear now that this was false hope. We walked willingly into the jaws of a wild and cunning beast, and the struggle against it has robbed us of everything we once believed in. Even the Adeptus Sororitas seem to fight solely for the chance to see another day, while the rest of us look like an army of the living dead. I fear that hope has gone, and we will soon follow. Quote from Sergeant Hawker of the Cadian Shock Troops. The expedition forces soon found themselves involved in many battles against a multitude of foes, including aliens and heretics, who also tried to reclaim lost territories. Their most hated foes, however, was the host forces. They proved to be extremely hardy, well-trained and fanatical. They would not give ground and fight for each system, each world, even each system city with that with unforgiving brutality their strange minds inhabited sick ideas of heretical government forms and they gave their lives willingly for them on the fields of battle they were supported by strange technology and fought by unusual doctrines the fighting began relatively simple the the loyalist army storming the first few worlds with little resistance Encouraged by the easy victories, they, by the first easy victories, they pushed on deep into enemy territory. But the longer the fighting went on, the more died on the battlefields. They also found worlds stuck in, in the Hostrakismos, imperial worlds still fighting against the heretics, and even more where the line between loyalty and treason was not so clear, many of which had remnants of the lost forces on them. Their judgment was quick and brutal, eradicating almost every leadership and their troops where, and their troops where there was a hint of doubt. Cool. I'm liking how they're organizing this. It looks like they're giving us like a quote and then kind of a description yeah. of, you know, what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's cool. I'm I'm also really appreciating how um like how I I guess this feels like it's like it actually is here. It's actually happening yeah. and it is actually written by like someone who knows uh the like Astra Militarum and stuff of that sort. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody's actually putting together some type of like uh research book or whatever. Uh like data I know, script I, or 
Yeah, I know uh, this is absolutely not what happened, but um, it feels like someone just copied and pasted a quote and put it on there, you know, from a book. But it's like amazing. They've written yeah. it like as it is. It's so cool. <laughs> cool. I'll uh, read the next one and then yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, carry absolutely. on. There's a story. We did yeah. what we had to do. That, I swear, Lady Zimbabwe was very clear in her orders, apparently given to her by the high authorities. Every world's leadership and military, which was not loyal to the last member, was to be eradicated. We killed who we had to, even though it spoke against the very bounds I have made myself. Orders were orders, and they were honorable. But I would lie if I had to say it was always easy. Veteran Retributor Superior Melania in a later report. It took the host a while to react properly to this invasion. But when they did, they made the expedition suffer for every inch they took. But not only did they increase their efforts on the open battlefield, those heretics on their core worlds also made vile plans against their foe's leadership. And so, in the red dust of Planet Core, almost the entire second commandery, including the canonist and her command squad, was destroyed in a devastating ambush. The fifth came to rushing to their aid, Canonist Zinbaria, Zenoba, <laughs> raging with such a loss, decided to execute a pinch of maneuver, trying to surround the enemy, but had to split her forces in order to do so. By doing so, they forced their foes to concentrate their push on one point, and they fought their way through with many fine sisters, including the fifth command squad. Only a small part of the host forced uh, escaped the planet, but the Imperial Army had received a crippling blow. Wow. Cool. Yeah. The battlefield conditions were horrible. The red dust was everywhere, pierced only by the flashes of Volta rounds and the strange lights of their even stranger guns. We encircled them, just as the cannoness had planned. In their panic, they backed away, trying to fall back, running in right into our attack, our other attack. We followed, sure of our revenge, we would make them pay for what they did to the second. As we stormed after them, we made a horrible discovery. The dead and the dying of our foe were more and more joined by fallen allies, even though it was difficult to see at first, as all of them had already begun to sink into the red dust. In the end of this bloody journey lay a half-dead sister, her grip tight around an ornate weapon, and the colour of her blood joining the ground below her seamlessly. An unknown battle sister of the seventh commandery in the Battle of Kor. Robbed of their leadership, the advance came to a halt. This seemed to be it. The desperation grew as the remaining forces discovered that the worlds ha they had freed for which they all had paid with their blood had turned on them falling back to the host's lies after losing all their hope of an imperial victory they were cut off without a leader and as it seemed defeated they did not know how much they had actually hurt their enemy it was also the luck of the loyalists, as there was not enough strength left in the Hostrakismos, which was also dealing with a lot of other fronts to finish them off. They would have to use another recently acquired tool. The Imperial forces were meanwhile creating a new leadership. The second practically no longer existed, and the fifth was a, was a, oh, and the fifth was at a fraction of their strength similar to the rest of their allies. Together, the few remaining figures of authority, namely a high priest of the ecclesiarchy, a remaining inquisitor of the Order Hereticus, a surviving high-ranking sister Dialogus, and a few senior palatins, palatins formed a new command squad and filled the missing role of the canoness commander. The inquisitor forwent her right to solely choose a successor and also that hang on sorry just i'm gonna reread that the inquisitor forewent her right to solely choose a successor and also that to take up command the discussion ended with a decision even though it was disputed 
the young but extremely outstanding Palatine Aqu Aquilina was to be the new expedition leader. This unusual honor was given to her because of her because of a number of reasons. She was an extreme faith and devotion, led one of the most successful missions, and her tactical genius and skill in battle, especially with swords, had granted her a swift advance through the ranks of the order. But perhaps the biggest reason was her character, a pure and hopeful one, kind in times of peace and calculating in times of battle. She also had received increased attention after the Battle of Zor, as she had sustained horrible injuries in recovering the Blessed Blade of Zenobia, and miraculously recovered from this heroic deed in almost no time at all. She soon began reorganizing the Sisters of Battle and supported the other branches of the expedition in doing the same with their troops. It took some time, but then they were ready again, even though their faith was still broken. Then, a few days before they were about to start their fight again, an interplanetary broadcast was received by their ships. It appeared to have been sent to all systems in the host's territory, and it showed the last thing the loyalists wanted to see. It seemed the canoness Zenobia had survived the horror of Kor, but had been a captive of the host trachismos since then. After weeks of torture, they murdered her in a great spectacle, and Zenobia died to the fanatical screams of billions on countless worlds. Ooh, that's dun, bleak dun. for her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's rough. That's a rough time. Like, they thought she died, and then she's actually alive, but now she's dead, but <laughs> died way worse than yeah. anyone could have expected. I don't Holy like moly. that. Yeah. Uh, it was cool watching the crusade progress on a couple little different things. Yeah. Um, you kind of learn a little bit about these characters. And now we also realize that these characters are possibly going to die during this crusade. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, I guess like game of thrones or something. Don't get attached to yeah. anyone in this. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to die by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's really, really well written. Um, and I, I, really appreciate how it's not like oh they lost host uh like um what's it called hope but then this amazing miracle like mm. it actually detailed they're creating a new leadership they chose this person for a single reason but yeah. they're creating like this authority and i really like that yeah that's yeah pretty much how it would work yeah yeah it's very cool um yeah okay <laughs> let's fucking read yeah. more and see where this goes yeah. I, I really like yeah, it. yeah, I'm, yeah I'm excited Years seven to ten, campaign of revenge. Oh, this will get bloody, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, jeez. There are wiser and safer roles to play in the Emperor's great scheme than that of a fool who provided the order of our martyred lady with yet another martyr, heretic. Last known words of martyr canonist Zenobia. Ooh, okay. What was supposed to break the spirits of the broken achieved the opposite. Through her brilliant strategy and charismatic skills, Commander Eliquina raised her followers up from their knees with a new fiery goal of their campaign, revenge. They were unstoppable now. They had nothing more to lose and they would make them pay, or so it seemed at least. While the common soldiers fought with this newfound selfless strength in the fight, that was to them a bloody road to a valorous death in the name of their revenge. The commanders laid out new plans and knew how to use their rallied troops in a war that was not as careless as it may have appeared. For the next years, they captured many worlds and continued with Zenobia's unforgivable way of conquest. Great battles were fought and many heroes were forged in the fire of battle. They had risen from the dead and therefore had caught their foes unsuspecting and not prepared. Aquilia led them from the front the martyr's sword in her hands, the very blade that had belonged to Zenobia and that had made her way what she was now. Command was not easy for her, as her responsibilities were many. Additionally, there were some still in her retinue who seemed to not be entirely convinced of her abilities, but she received support from the mysterious inquisitor Flamain. This campaign of revenge lasted longer than anyone expected. 
and force the host to retreat almost all the way back to its core worlds. But this expedition had now officially gone too far. They were exhausted and with no reinforcements on the way. They weren't many loyal soldiers left to keep up the fight. And it was in this final hour of light that Commander Aquilia had to make one of her hardest decisions in her life. Should they keep going, fighting to the last, or retreat and come back in the future? Bright as always, she broke the boundaries of this decision and took another way. And so, when all seemed lost, the Court of the Martyr's Sword was born. I see. I see. I'm really curious. Um, I'm really curious to see what this Court of Martyr's Sword is. Yeah. Like now I'm like I'm really interested. I like. Is it? Do you think it's going to be just pure Sisters of Battle, or maybe it might be like Sisters of Battle and an Inquisitor or something like that? Yeah. Like That's it, gonna I, be- I'm sure it's going to have like some Imperial Guard elements, even yeah, or right. like uh, who knows what, but. This also feels very, it feels really cool and Kriegy like Like, they're mm. just nothing left to lose. Let's just slaughter everything <laughs> until we die. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's cool how he was talking on about, like, how in the beginning they were taking on that revenge aspect and, like, even that brutal uh, strategic kind of way of war. Yeah. But now it sounds like, okay, they're changing gears here, and now it's not going to necessarily be that, although war is always going to be brutal. But, yeah. I, oh, yeah. What are they changing gears into? Oh, yeah. Years 11 to 20, the War of Repentance. It is the blessed blade of Zenobia, the ultimate weapon in our war. Surely we need the holy trinity of Bolter, Flamer, and Melter, our tanks and artillery, our void ships and transports to take these worlds and to seal their fate. But the ultimate weapon of justice, the seal of purity, is this blade. It makes the last cut and the first. It is the light in our current darkness. It rallies our allies and strikes fear into the hearts of our foes. It will not stop to draw blood until the last leader of this rebellion is sent to our emperor's judgment. But it is so much more than that, for it also represents the burden of command. Whoever holds it decides our direction, judges and punishes the tainted and spares the pure. It takes a steel will and the guidance of our savior to accomplish this. And knowing our lady canoness, I can tell you, I would not want to be in her position as I do not think I would have the strength to hold such a weapon. But yes, Sergeant, the canoness indeed has a (sighs) fricking awesome sword. <laughs> Celestian superior Irene to an unknown Astro Militarum sergeant. <laughs> that was good. That's nice. I like that this sword is like, yeah, transferring hands and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah. In the act of forming the court, Aquilina broke the direct orders of Zenobia, uh, of direct orders only Zenobia had heard sealed the fate of their journey and took the final step to righteously become a canoness commander. The court of the Master's Sword was a group of high-ranking members of their forces, which were known for their wisdom, their strength of character, and their devotion to the God Emperor. The first such adeptus, Juridicus, 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 were the newly appointed canoness commander Aquilina, the high priest of the Ecclesiarchy, the senior sister Dialogus and the Inquisitor Arda Flamen, Flamne? Flamen. They also recon- reorganized their military structure, combining the remaining sisters into the force behind the court. All doubts regarding the canoness were gone up until this point, as she had proven herself in hundreds of battles and never failed to rally her subordinates. The mission of the court stayed the same. Conquer the Njorn sector and destroy the Hostrakismos. But the way they went about this task had drastically changed. Instead of destroying every more or less loyal planet they came across, which was, both, which was costly both in time and resources, they would place the leadership before the court and judge their loyalty. If their, lo- 
if there was loyalty, the government of the planet were to be surveyed, their armies placed into the expedition as penal legions. If there was doubt, the governors were executed with the holy blade and their forces turned into improvised arco-flagellants, which the court employed in extreme numbers. If there was nothing left to be saved, there had to be war. These orders and many more were bought, brought to page in the Codex Neural. Cool. So, cool. yeah, like, uh, so exactly how you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're changing gears here and they're now like, uh, yeah, they're changing different tactics and stuff. Yeah. I love the penal legions and the arcoflactolites. You grow yeah. up to this planet, like, how loyal are you guys? Because you got a couple <laughs> options ahead of you here. If you're if you're loyal, if you're like if you're super loyal, it's good. If you're kind of loyal, we're gonna take your <laughs> your people and use them as you know penal legions. If you're not loyal at all, we're gonna kill you and then still take your people, but use them <laughs> worse. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're super bad, then we're just going to slaughter every one of you until there's nothing left. <laughs> I, re I really like, also, just as a bit of a side note, I really like how, I like how um, that quote was like, Sai, freaking awesome sword. It's such a like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you have moment. these like great relics that like, you know, yeah. eventually they get these whole stories where, oh, even the emperor wielded it at one point, I hear, or blessed it or whatever. And yeah. But you have to also think, like, from the point of view of just, like, a regular old Astra Militarum soldier, it's just a really cool-looking <laughs> sword. He probably doesn't know the history to it. Yeah. It's really nice. Very cool. All right. How will I judge you? You must have mistaken my motives, Lord Governor. I will not judge you, for I have judged yourself the moment you turn from the God Emperor's light. I am merely here to bring the righteous punishment. Canonus Aquilia, Adept Jurica, and Canonus Commander. More years went by, and their advance had never been so swift and powerful. Planet by planet, they spread justice and purity. The Canonus Aquilia led this court, had the grim duty to give the final word and the grimmer task to put these men and women to justice herself. As time went by, the once shining Aquilia, full of hope and mercy, if not occasionally kindness, became more and more embittered, driven now, as it seemed, by anger. Her judgment became swifter and her tactics more aggressive. All the while, her skill with the blade of Zinaba grew and grew. It was said that in the last portion of the war, the blade saw so much blood, it became impossible to fully clean it. And it seemed to bleed itself. <laughs> that's metal. That's so. That's like some doom eternal shit right there. That's, yeah, like you walk insane. up to this planet and you have to kill the whole population. That's with sword. this sword. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Holy moly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, for the purity of the order, repent. For the purity of Our Lady, repent. For the purity of St. Catherine, repent. Repent until proven. Repent until trusted. Repent until redeemed. For the honor of the order, repent. For the honor of Our Lady, repent. For the honor of our St. Catherine, repent. The first act of redemption, Codex Neol. Whenever remnants of the Adepta Sororitas were found, judgment proceeded differently, but still similar. Some of... Some were found stuck on some former shrine worlds, locked into battles with local authorities in ties with the host that had gone on for decades. Others appeared to be waiting for the imperial response that finally came. To be sure of their virtue and their cause, all of them were turned to the Repentia squads. Were they had to, where they had to serve the first act of redemption. 
after which they were allowed to join special squads of battle sisters where they would be surveyed further to recognize such sisters they all bore the same marking tattooed on their face and painted on their helmets a red tear symbolizing the blood which was required to redeem themselves the war had entered its latest phase the war of repentance which only would end when the Hostra Kim Kismos revealed their darkest secret. So one thing I've, I'm really enjoying throughout this entire thing is they haven't just straight up like revealed was what the Hostra Kimos is or the yeah. host is. They yeah. have I, like I'm re I really want to know what it is. Like what is going on? Yeah, is they it, like, keep talking sort of... about like strange technologies and stuff. Yeah, right. It, it feels like, oh my god, is it just Necrons that have, like, uh, fried a bunch of people or something? But, like, it's just, well, I then have no there idea. Like, yeah, there's that one line where it's like, uh, we would kill their kind and then we would see our kind next to them or something. Like, they were resurrecting. But it didn't sound like Necron resurrection. It almost yeah, sounded no. like they were literally taking bodies and resurrecting them. It's real. It's like grim dark. I tell you, <laughs> like grim dark. And uh, that, like, uh, this whole Codex Nyon thing. I'm actually, I'm actually really into it. It's like, yeah, a, yeah. It's repent, like a... repent. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it definitely feels like it's like on the extremist side. Like, I could imagine them all being like flagellants, just like big, really like, <laughs> like whipping themselves and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I like too that as the war goes on, like we enter different phases of it. And uh, yeah. The war, yeah, like the, the revenge now is, is over. And now it's about re repenting. And now, yeah, as we get further, it gets a little different. And it's very neat. And from the books I've read of like Warhammer and stuff like that, basically, I've seen like the armies involved in these battles, especially, for example, the Space Marines, they always have the same tactic and they share the same mindset throughout the entire war until the end you know that's what i've seen hmm. in the majority of books i haven't read like a lot of books but the majority of them i've seen this so i can really appreciate this change in mentality as the war keeps going like yeah. because and that's exactly what would happen if it's like a really shitty war people get angry and more bitter and like less hopeful that it's going to end so i can really yeah. appreciate that and it even is just like symbolism for like uh the ecclesiarchy and like all the sisters yeah. and they're like uh now it's time to repent. Like they can get into these moods and like the time of this yeah. is over. And now is the time of this. Like I can see them really getting into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I could 100% see like sisters of battle doing all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> Very, Very cool. cool. Years 21 to 27 apocalypse. Yes. I think we can end this the way true servants of the emperor should on the battlefield in his name, making them pay for everything that they did, as our rage will consume a damn lot of them. And the more terrible the odds are against us, in the moment of our pious death, the greater will our eternal reward be. And holy terror, what a reward that must be. Inquisitor Art of Flame. So it's funny, they go on a crusade and they're like, why are you killing us? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, go right? and invade this like hostile territory and get all all yeah. pissy it is kind of funny but i love it yeah, it's really like, i think they just are angry that there was so much resistance yeah <laughs> like, yeah but it's just like no like it's humanity's birthright right like yeah. this is ours yeah yeah that's what i've yeah <laughs> as they made their way toward the core worlds of the najin sector the worlds who were judged worthy of another chance became less and less until there were only those that reacted to the imperial approach with open violence. What also became more frequent were the strange technologies and structure found on the surfaces and in orbit. It was all destroyed after careful examination and included strange and heretical ways of gaining and storing power, vile artificial intelligences and storages of vast knowledge. It soon became clear what had to be the origin of these abominations as the most powerful members of the host emerged. Some sort of Xenos or otherworldly creature had corrupted the once loyal people of Nadrone, forming some sort of parasitic bond, merging with the human bodies, and seemed to carry these entities willingly after a while. They continued to, to merge, forming an entirely new, new species, which made up of the upper class of the, the host society. These new beings were faster, tougher, and insanely smart, matching the Imperial forces easily. 
They were soon called the parasites, named after the long and insanely sharp blades that their parasitic bonds could form on the host's hand. Strangely enough, this form of infection had only befallen the elites of the planet, or so it seemed. The normal citizens of the host were, as it seemed, human. But their form of reign was so strange and heretical that there had to be some sort of corruption. There was no fixed leader, and under the watchful eyes of the parasites, they all gathered in fixed periods of time to vote for a leader, who would resign before the next could take his place. They all performed this madness in frightening peace and order. Other than their effectiveness in maintaining their form of reign, they proved to be incredibly dangerous combatants. So it came to be that for one last time, the sisters and their allies, who at this point consisted of a few veteran astro-military units, their uncounted numbers of penal legions, and <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the huge masses of archaeophagellants <laughs> had to prove their worth, and once again, their numbers dwindled. <laughs> and so, jeez, I love this. <laughs> I really do as well. And so, these foes who had fought each other for decades at this point sought one final battle to decide the fate of Nidrone. <laughs> I swear I say that one different every time, but fuck it. Yeah. This showdown should happen on one of the moons of the Outermost Core Worlds, a rough and hostile shard world just called The Cut. Imperials met Hoskamos for one last time in a massive battle in an environment where every sur surface was as sharp as a razor and as hard as a diamond. The cuts consisted entirely of splintered and cremite rock which formed mountains and hills, empty oceans, valleys, and canyons. It was heavily defended and fortified, so the loyalists found themselves at a severe disadvantage. Battle preparations were swift, as was the deployment, and so the carnage began. So let's wow. go back to the host. So they're like this yeah. parasitic creature that attaches to humans. Yeah. That's so, that, like, okay, I didn't, I didn't really, uh, I thought it was going to be some sort of mind control or something like that, but no, yeah. it's an actual like organism that merges with their flesh and becomes them. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. God and then like damn. They, the, the creatures like eventually are, are happy with it and they accept it and like they become friends. Oh, oh my God. That's, uh, that's actually nightmare fuel for me, to be honest. That's yeah. the worst thing that could ever happen is like something merging with me and like growing on me and stuff. I can't yeah, like imagine that. Wriggling tentacles oh. through your pores into your brain or some shit. Yeah. Ah! Wow. And I, I, I like the, uh, the idea of it being able to like grow uh, weapons on the host yeah. itself. Yeah. Like the parasites. I like that. Like the ability to grow these like blades out of their hands it feels really like just yeah that's cool it, it just like takes really them cool. a little bit way away from being human you know like yeah now yeah. they're like these monsters essentially yeah just like uh, um, in a response for example to like fight or flight like fight just grow these huge claws or something like that that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so cool yeah um and uh Rest in peace, uncounted numbers of penal leaders and huge <laughs> yeah. of Literally Dude. gives us the number of Astra Militarum units left. Yeah. <laughs> just then, a few veteran, and they're just a shitload of, of just cannon fodder. <laughs> God damn. That's funny. Right. Uh, the, yeah. the way he described the planet, the cut, was also very cool. It's terrifying as well. Yeah. It's absolute. Imagine tripping and falling. You'd be yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah, even it's like just kneeling into cover is like a danger in and of itself. Like, yeah. Man. And I want, and it's saying it's like as hard as diamonds. So I can imagine, I don't know how difficult it would be for them, but like to raise the ground in order to make like forward bases and uh, like uh, oh, trenches yeah. and stuff like that. Imagine trying to do that while it's all as hard as diamond <laughs> and yeah. razor sharp. Fuck. Like, <sighs> If ever that there was be... a place to fucking virus bomb, that would be it. Yeah, right. I I don't know why they've just haven't virus bombed the entire system by now, but <laughs> well, but there's oh. still time. The story isn't over, there's so still, let's cross there's our still time. <laughs> <laughs> just they're waiting until the last. Uh, what's it called? Penal Legion soldiers die. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we die here, 
It will all have been for nothing. Our names, the name of our Lady Zenobia, will have meant nothing. Our holy expedition, the worlds we have dodged, judged, redeemed, and ultimately freed, will have meant nothing. And neither will the pure and righteous thoughts of all of it. We are true in our duty, and they are false. And this is why we will not perish here in this forsaken place. Their names and the names of their leaders are false. Their worlds, their unholy conquest, their spirit, the very essence of their souls, everything is false before the God Emperor. This will be where we crush their false names, which will be forgotten as soon as we are victorious, where we wipe their false idols from this galaxy and restore the only true order, Canonus Aquilina in the Battle of the Cut. They had seriously underestimated the heretic, as there was a great number of them left. Swarming the hazardous surface, they crashed into the vicious imperial countercharge, overwhelming the sisters of battle, each and every one a hero at this point, who even though they made it costly for their foes, were brought down one by one in the end by the sheer amount of foes. All of them dead, dead trade, all of them, dead traders and dead loyalists were trampled by the living, gr the living ground into the blade, blade-like terrain, which turned them into a gory mass of splintered armor and body parts in no time at all. The battlefield turned from white to red in the following hours as an and innumerable lives were lost in the moment of apparent defeat it was the last heroic deed of the exceptional aquilina to rally her faithful one last time this time in the ultimate victory having retreated behind a hill-like formation of rock to reform her troops she saw that most of her followers had death in their eyes willing to fight and give their last duty to the emperor but not willing to hope there might still be triumph. And so, while the enemy advanced on them from all sides, she spoke of courage and heroism, which sparked hope in the minds and souls of her sisters. When she then climbed the sharp slope of the hill, the edges biting through her ceramite armor, as she did so, and raised her sword in defiance of her fate, of the fate her foes were about to force on them all, it was enough to bring each soldier to his or her feet and follow Aquilina into the fray with newfound strength. It was not enough that she knew, but she also knew and believed that there could be only the victory of the pure and loyal. The emperor would have it no other way. And for that belief, she ultimately gave her life, her torso hit by a projectile, ripping it open and mixing her blood with that of her fellow sisters on the ground. As she lay there, bleeding through a thousand cuts next to many who shared her faith, her faith was rewarded. No one knows now what exactly happened in the next minutes. What is known is that Saint Celestine appeared in a flash of light, raising the body of Aquilina from the floor, and together, the canoness still bleeding through her mortal wounds, they charged the enemy anew. This miracle brought them victory, ending the treachery once and for all. After the last heretic was slain, the saint had disappeared as fast as she had appeared. And there was no sign of the canoness either. The remainder of the court managed to conquer the rest of the Nyon's core, restoring the holy order. The host Rakismos was broken, their core worlds purged, and the citizens righteously punished. Soon after all of that, they were relieved by reinforcements from the order, and the court ceased to exist, having done its duty. On the core worlds, the order of the martyred lady built great shrines in which all names of the saints were inscribed. Those have also since been joined by other, by another, Aquilina, the cut. Very cool. Wow. Well, 
that that was that was an ending yeah man the part where it's like they're falling down and just shredding themselves <laughs> fuck but Imagine. but that that was sweet imagery when like she gets up and she's still bleeding and now she's like been turned into this saint and yes yeah. such sweet imagery i, I can I can 100% like imagine St. Celestine coming down or like a holy light around her. She's still bleeding, but she's yeah. glowing now and she's just charging. Like it's just that yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Like charging, knowing you're going to die, but still have to just purge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing will stop her. Um, yeah. Right. So she disappears at the end of this battle. They win the war and they never see of her again. Or yeah. I wonder if she comes back. That's that's interesting because it says uh, like she they couldn't find her so I'm assuming they couldn't find her body or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So was she like taken? Did she evaporate like f- through holy light or was she taken by Saint Celestine? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe now she's just like some weird warp creature who can open that warp true. portals and comes like and appears and whenever they need them. Like some saints can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be crazy, like constantly fighting the the demons and warp or something like yeah. Haldo Drago style. I don't know. Probably or maybe, not, but like maybe her yeah. faith was actually rewarded and she actually got teleported to the Emperor's side and now is kneeling beside the Emperor. But in the times of dire need, the Emperor sends her out. That's true. That's true. That's uh, the- one one yeah, one thing I hate that whole times of dire need stuff because <laughs> the, the amount I had a conversation with my friends, the amount of people who are gonna come back when the emperor is in times of dire need, <laughs> the population like, of not, the galaxy doubled. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it it's I really like it. I really like it, and yeah. I want more. Like I want to know more, and I love her nickname, the Cut. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this was written very cool. Like it was presented yeah. in such a cool way. Um, and yeah, it, it read very cool. I felt like it was 40k too. Like some of these stories I've read, they don't mm. throw a lot of 40k words in it or kind yeah. of 40k terms, but this one was nice. It had, it had enough of it. Yeah. And it represented that like victory doesn't mean everyone gets out of there. Yeah. You know, victory, yeah. victory doesn't mean like the protagonist lives, you know? <laughs> that, yeah. And I really I really appreciated that. I always loved stories like that. And I think that's one thing that drew me to Warhammer in the first place was grim dark, everyone dies, victory through death, sort of things, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think I agree with you on that, where yeah. like that was the appeal where nothing felt safe or sacred and anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, I mean the look at the emperor, he's like the protagonist. Of the entire story, look at him! Like I just, I, it's just so cool. And th- I also, I have a feeling, or not a feeling, but like a, a quill another cut. It feels like a double meaning because she cut down so many people with that sword, but then she was also cut down on the planet of the cut. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just a sick nickname. It's really, really cool. Yeah. No, he did a or uh, I don't know if it was a guy or girl who wrote this, but they did a great job of, yeah, painting that picture where, yeah, when I close my eyes, I see what this miniature oh, looks yeah. like. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope, I hope they like, if they're on the discord or listening and join the discord, I hope they post about it. That would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I usually send an email out to people when I'm done, just said, Hey, Tom Jordan, whatever. So hopefully yeah. uh, they'll come and post some stuff for love, us. Yeah. I would love to see these miniatures. They would be so cool yeah uh do you have any other thoughts on this story um uh there were a couple thoughts i'm trying to remember them now when i was reading um i i want i now also want to know more about this hostra kismos like are there yeah. ones there like what sort of weapons were they using because it was like they said oh it was like this strange technology but like mm-hmm. I, what's like was it like body parts like tyranid style where they shoot out bone yeah like yeah like that definitely i would love to see expanded on for sure is mm. what they what the host even looks like and yeah some of their more technology yeah for sure yeah and uh i also want to say that i really really hate this person because they managed to address two of my worst phobias and fears something growing <laughs> on me or in me and uh, just a living splinters just splinters <laughs> everywhere. No. <laughs> like if it's if it's shredding through ceramite armor, 
Yeah. Imagine what it's doing to those Imperial Guardsmen boots and to those like penal legions that are just walking. They probably don't, don't even have boots. boots. No. Yeah. <laughs> just walking there, just yeah. shredding themselves. I think walking. that was probably one of my favorite things about this story was just like that yeah. final battle of just like, mm. you know, it all seems, yeah, it's just a crazy scene that they've painted. Yeah. And it was, it was a really, I like, I'm, I love imagining things. I love things that help my imagination so I can picture things better. This was 100% worked like amazingly. Yeah. And I think the, my favorite visual of this entire thing was the still bleeding sword. Like the sword was just oh, yeah. so covered in blood that it was just, it looked like it was still bleeding and was amazing. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm wondering like uh, if they passed down that sword, like what happened to the sword or something like that? Does it, did it disappear with her? I would imagine it disappeared with her only to return yeah. in times of not so Dying. dire needs. <laughs> not so dire needs. Yeah. Just whenever she feels like it. They say she appears once a month <laughs> and the ladies go on a rampage together. Jeez. A two day crusade. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it was very cool. I really enjoyed the way you have presented your lore. Uh, this person wrote in and said, yeah, they do collect Sisters of Battle. Um, they use St. Celestine as uh, their Aquilinine, the cut model. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. And they're, like, looking to kitbash a, uh, an Inquisitor, the Art of Flam Inquisitor. Yeah. That's gonna, that would look so cool. Yeah, like I can just imagine this army too. Like, uh, yeah, like heavy, obviously, on the, the acro acroflagellites and yeah. the penal legion. And then, yeah, maybe you have like a squad of sisters of battle who are like super veterans, and you know they look yeah. they look like they're veterans. And then you have a couple squads of guardsmen, and maybe some of them have band aids on them, or you know they look more like a little war torn worn out. Yeah, yeah. war torn, worn out. I would love to see the color scheme for this as well. I wonder what it would be like just blood, just red blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't say. Yeah, I don't think it does, but uh, I would, I, then again, I would love to see all this stuff like pictures and stuff. That would be amazing to see. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, to the to the reader uh, to the writer, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm really sorry if I butchered some of the words <laughs> or some of the sentences, but uh, it was honestly an amazing read yeah it was a lot of fun it was very clean to read for sure yeah absolutely yeah cool well any i think that's all i got about it yeah yeah i i would love to read more from this but uh, yeah yeah absolutely it was great i'm very happy with reading this i'm very happy this was my first ever listen mm -hmm. to read so mm -hmm. heck yeah. yeah heck yeah um this has definitely set the standard for my law that i'll be writing hopefully <laughs> hopefully sooner or later i love that yeah man like i i just get inspired to like write my own stuff after i read this i yeah. always take little timbits from here timbits from there um it's so cool yeah it was definitely definitely a lot of fun well thank you severin uh for writing the story and thank you brendan fraser for joining me Thank you for having me. Thank you, yeah. Sefren, for writing the story and uh, for allowing us to read it. It was a lot of fun to read. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, well, if you guys have your lore, don't forget you can email it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and we can make it on the show. Also, just shoot me a message on Discord and we will set up an invite. That's what happened today with me and Brendan here. So it worked out. Awesome, um, sweet. Yeah, so uh, I guess see you guys on the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.